Good afternoon and good evening, family, friends, all the sorts. I want to greet you in the holy, un unmatched name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to send greetings to our pastors, uh, Pastor Duff and uh, Pastor Brown and both their wives. Uh, extend greeting to all the ministers, Pastor Blair, uh, all the different of the likes. I want to send greetings to you. Um, tonight, I want, I want to thank everybody for joining, coming in online. I know that you know, during the times of pandemic, our priorities sometimes are to either sleep, but um, I'm happy that you are here and online with us tonight. I know, I know the Rudy Young Adult Ministry is especially excited because this is year two of our summit. Uh, last year, we took the challenge because we know that there were certain things and struggles that, we were, going, that were going on with, within our young adult group that we needed to, to face head on. So anytime you hear the summit, Think about us challenging something. Last year, we challenged why God. We challenged our faith. Why do we believe in God? This year, we're challenging our foundation. We're challenging our ground. We're challenging the things that we stand on. Every single year, we're going to continue to challenge because we believe that as we continue to challenge things, we're going to continue to grow. I, I don't want to forget my wife. I, I, I think it's important that anytime a person ministers that they greet their family first, and that's my first ministry. And even to go and extend, I'm, I'm, my wife may kill me. I may have to have somewhere else to sleep tonight. But for this weekend, I'm really hoping that my wife's God comes through this weekend. And it's not that we, you know, we worship separate gods. Me and my wife don't worship separate gods. But if I, if I was going to break down how our relationships with God work, um, imagine me. I, I would pray our Father in heart and heaven, holy is your name. My wife would pray, oh, Father, Dad, uh, this is my problem. This is what I'm going through. And if you know my wife, you know she's a very sweet girl. But she's also the most arrogant, faithful person that you will ever meet in your life. And the reason being that it doesn't matter what situation's happening. You know, there's situations that I, you know, I'm, I'm faithful, I believe. But my wife will kind of, you know, if, if I'm questioning, she's asked me what I, I think. And, you know, Sigurd will be like, do you know who my God is? You know, if there's any, even an inclining of doubt, Sigurd is, do you know my God? Give me some attitude. She has this, the most attitude faith. But the reason why I'm referring to it, because she has ultimate faith as well. She's believing no matter what situation it is, that her God will come through. Sometimes I even have to remind her that he's my God too, that you don't have, you know, no special favor over me. But this weekend... Just as my wife has that amazing confidence in her God, we're hoping that her God comes through and blesses somebody, somebody finds a relationship or restores their relationship in God because we believe that this good ground is something that everybody has to work on. We're going to get right into the word. We're not going to waste any time. I want you to turn with me to Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 to 8. Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 to 8, and we're going to read together. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away, a time to search, and a time to quit searching, a time to keep, and time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be quiet, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Today, I'm going to be talking to you on the sermon topic of a time to till. You can put that right down in the chat. Chat, put it down, a time to till. Bow your heads in prayer with me. Our Father, and art in heaven, holy is your name. Lord God, as you know that our intention for this weekend is for people to be challenged on their ground, check themselves, reflect on themselves. You know that you have, even before time, Call this day to be what it is for this night. 
You know, God, even the fact that there is just even one person that this whole weekend is for. I beg and ask you, beg and ask you that if the devil is trying to intercept or intervene them connecting in and logging into this little God, I beg and ask you to make a way. I know that there are people online who even just sitting here are going to reject some things, Lord God. I beg and ask you to not only open their ears, but soften their hearts. There's so much, Lord, that you have to display for your people even within this weekend in this word. We just ask that you make them available. Even me, Lord God, there's some nerves and feelings around me, Lord God, that are not from you. I beg and ask you to remove them at this moment. Let everything that you have intended for me to communicate to your people be received. I beg and ask you any inhibitions that will hold me back be removed at this moment. We thank you for this word that you're about to put forward. And thank you for your love and your continual grace. As we say thanks in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A time to till. As you've seen through, you know, the week we started devotion on Thursday. And essentially what this, this whole weekend about is essentially reflection, reflecting and reflection. Reflecting on where you are. A lot of times we go through life and we don't take that time to just step back and look. Right? We go through cleaning our phones, cleaning our houses. You even clean your wardrobe. You, step, you, you put that time aside to make sure that you're doing that. But tonight, this weekend, it's a time to till. As Brother Randall taught, and he taught so well. We want to thank Brother Ramley. He did such an amazing job. He, has, he really does have this gift of teaching. He can explain something and, and make it so you know, easily consumable. So we, we thank God for him. We, we ask that you continue to pray for Rand, Brother Randall. But as we, we break down what the process of tilling is, tilling is the process of breaking the ground in preparation for new seed. Every single year, gardeners and farmers alike, they take the machine and essentially what they do is they break the ground. They're doing this so that they, not only that they can make the ground in a way that they can use it, but they're preparing for seed. But what tilling also does is it reveals things under the earth. So imagine you're tilling and you're breaking the ground, and at some point you see a rock. Your understanding is that if I'm trying to plant flowers or fruits in that area, this rock won't do, so you'll take it up. So just as farmers go out and gardeners go out and till their, their, their land. That's what I'm going to ask for you to do tonight, right? What me and, Randall are, me and Randall's task tonight, today is kind of set you up and prepare you for what's happening tomorrow. We really believe that God is going to come through and he, he's going to make sure that the, 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 the message that he has for every single one of the, you is there. But as, as Randall broke down what the parable is, my task is to help you till. But I'm going to be very honest. I know even as we speak of this, maybe your, your expectation is for me to give you tips and tricks and things of, of that nature to tell you the tilling portion. But I'm going to be honest and, and, and tell you that nobody can till your land for you. That is something that you must do on your own. The reason being because I don't have access to your land. I don't have access to your garden. I don't have, have access to the areas that require tilling. You know, if, if, if I said that I wanted to till your, your land, I would have to ask you permission. Then I'd have to ask you, where do you want tilled? Then I have to ask you, can I throw away the rocks? Then I have to ask you so many different questions. So what's going to happen tonight is that we are going to till together. Right? As I, as I say, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you questions. And I'm, I'm going to challenge you because I don't have the answers for your ground. You know where you are. And I think... Within this week, and I, I think it's so important that we be honest with where we are. A lot of times we, we, we're not honest with where we are, and that's where we become deceived. That's where we fall out. That's where we start lacking in certain areas. Right? When we think about the parable of the sower, at the end of the day, everything results into fruit. Right? Bearing fruit. What comes out of your life? And that's what we're going to be talking about today, and we're going to challenge a few things. Before we start... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put two things out there, and, and this is just for our guests, uh, those who are our normal members and guests, they kind of know where I've been at. Um, as the year started, I, I asked God, you know, God, I want to get deeper. And as I, as I requested this, he, he's been bringing me on this journey of reflecting me. 
Because just like the sower, right, just like the sower and the seed, God has proven to me that even in the, in the, in the story of the parable that he's been consistent. If you, if you take in the, the parable and the story, the only difference is, is the ground. Every single time and every single portion of the area, the sower is the same. Throwing, it's the same sower and the same seed. So the problem that I've found is, is not with God. And that's the thing we, we have to understand, that your situation and your problem and the things that you're dealing with, it's not that God has stopped. It's things that you have to reflect within yourself. Have you made yourself available for the seed? That's the reason why we're going to be tilling tonight. But the two things that I'm, I'm going to request is that I found that for people to really change their ways, they're going to have to find something that they don't like or something that they see in error of their ways. And a lot of times, you know, the best way to find an error or to point out an error that people will actively work on is to offend, unfortunately. And the, I'm going to give you my example. Say that you were going to tell somebody that they had bad breath, right? You don't have to see it, but if you had a fly on the wall on how actively they would start brushing their teeth, and using Listerine, you would know the effect of your insult. So know that I'm not insulting you because I, I dislike you or this is the way that this church operates. But I'm just trying to, you know, light some fire under you, right? So remember that. Anything I say that I am offending in love, I am offending in love. And the other thing is that if at any time you, you kind of feel this, like, agitation, don't run from it. It might be conviction. And conviction is good for your growth, right? So I want you to stay. Even though that, that feeling may come, you feel a little bit agitated, if you're a guest here, don't run away from that feeling. Don't change the channel. Don't say, man, I'm not coming back to this place. Uh, conviction is good for your growth. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to get into Matthew 13, verse 10 to 14. Matthew 13, verse 10 to 14. And the thing that I want to point out is that when I first read this parable, you know, I know this parable. I, I grew up on it. I, I, you know, we read it before. But the thing that really stood out to me about this parable is the intimate conversation that God had after he spoke this parable. And it says this, and his disciples asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? Next one. Next verse. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. But that is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. And the reason why that, that, that carries so much importance to me is the fact that if you read it in the KJV version or any other version, it says, seeing they see not, hearing they hear not. And that's a complication for a lot of us because all of us have ears. So what does it mean that you're not hearing? All of us have eyes. So what does it mean that you're not seeing? So what it, what it reveals to me is just like the different grounds, on the surface they all look the same. But what's happening is that we're not, we're not able to really see and understand what's going on under the surface. That means within our heart, just as Brother Randall taught earlier. Right? When we're thinking about what's going on, we're not really seeing it. Right? We're, 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 we're kind of hiding from these things. So what we're going to get to is we're going to ask some questions and we, we've got to, we got to unveil the things that are, 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 we're struggling with right now. The things that are hiding under the surface. Because the, the word says that seeing they see not. So that means you're looking like you actively have eyes, but maybe you're looking a blind eye to it for whatever reason. You're hearing things, but for whatever reason, you're not listening. So what we're going we're, what we're gonna to do is we're, we're going to tackle these issues together. Like I said, I can't till your ground. You're going to actively have to do it yourself. So what we're, we're going to do is we're going to ask the first question. I want you to ask this to your neighbor. And the question is, what is your ETA? 
What is your ETA? What is your estimated time of arrival? And, and this, is, this is more focusing on those who don't have a relationship with God. And I'm saying this to say that a lot of people for years and years and years, you've been saying, man, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to come to church. Man, I'm going to give my life to God. I'm going to give my life to God. Year after year. So five years ago, you were giving your life to God. Five years before that, you were going to give your life to God. Five years before that, you, weren't, you were about getting ready. Two years before that, you're like, you're not in the place yet. So what's your ETA? Because at this point, it doesn't look like you're coming ever. So then you have to really question, even on the scale of, of grounds, where are you? Right? We're going to go into Hebrews 10 verse 26 quickly. Hebrews 10 verse 26. And it says, dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we receive the knowledge of truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. If we continue sinning, Deliberately. So now the question is, for those who, who, who don't have a relationship, and it's not, like I said, I'm not here because I dislike you. But I think you need to put an ETA on, on when you have your relationship with God. Because every single time that, that, that the seed is sent out, you consistently reject it. Right? Imagine the seed being sown out and you're, you're the ground and you're, you're, you're consistently putting your hands up. And it's like you're putting the surface like, you know what, God is saying, you know, the time is now for you to come. You're slapping it away, rejecting every seed that comes. And your answer is, you know, I'm not ready yet. So what is it then? Are you, are you preparing for God on the outside for God? Are you, are you getting yourself ready to be in church based on things that are outside? What's your ETA? What, what is your ETA right now? Because every year has passed and continually over and over again, you've decided that this, this year is not it. You know, this, this year's not it. And on the scale of, of, of good ground, you know, we start to become like how some of our favorite singers are. You know, you ever see the award show, how singers come and they stand up on the podium and they're so proud about, you know, they got an award and, and the first person they, they thank is God. Was was God in those songs when you were cussing out and telling you're going to murder this and murder that? But, you know, you're thanking God. So on the scale of ground, you have this surface relationship that it, it, it's just you and God are an acquaintance. That's the kind of ground you're on. So what's your ETA? Are you going to continue to, to be like these, these singers? You know, Monday, 365 days out of the year. I'm going to murder this, murder that, guns, cussing, carrying on, sleeping with every woman, carrying on. But, you know, I want to I thank God. You don't know God. Let's be frank, you don't know God. You're an acquaintance of him. You know of him. But the danger in that is what happens in Matthew 7, 23. And the reason why I'm, I'm asking you what your ETA is, because there's a danger that you can get to. We can go to Matthew 7, verse 23, and it's a verse that all of us know. And, it, and, and it's a Jesus essentially responding to those who don't answer the call. Mind you that I said that the sower consistently throws the seed. So when you, you actively say that I'm not ready, you're actively saying to God, presenting the seed up that he has given to you of a relationship, Satan, here, I don't want that. You can consume that. When you, have, when you actively put your relationship at a surface level, you're actively killing your relationship and showing God that I don't, I don't really want you as, you know, a personal savior. I don't want you as a friend. I just want you as an acquaintance. I want that surface level relationship and I'm okay with that. What's your ETA? Like, when are you going to get ready? You've consistently said, I'm going to get ready. Oh, I'm not ready yet. But you're, you're staying on the outside prepared for what? Like, what, what, are, you, what are you waiting for? What is your ETA? And I think as, as we, we, we're in the middle of a pandemic, we've got to start to examine ourselves. That we need to give ourselves an estimated time of arrival of when we're going to come to God and when we're going to present ourselves in a situation that we can be used or even start building a relationship. Matthew 7 verse 23 said, Depart from me, I know you not. When we, we think about what knowing is, knowing 
with God is, and when, when, it, when the text refers to that, the, the understanding of knowing is having a relationship. It's not about just saying his name or calling him when you need or, or, or just referring to him. And you know, like Some people even who are, who are on the outside who don't know God, they're even to the point where, you know, they're offended when they don't see. You know, I've I seen this rapper come out, come out with a shoe, you know, and it's this, uh, I don't even know his name, but it was some 666 shoe. And everybody was appalled. Sinners and saved alike. And I'm not trying to separate you. But on the scale of good ground, you're essentially on the same ground as this gentleman because no matter what seed has been planted, because the word is everywhere. Jesus has, has thrown the seed everywhere. And just as this man has rejected God and said, you know what, I'm going to do a 666 shoe, you're on the same scale. So you essentially have the same ETA as the person that you're upset with, with making the devil shoes. What's your ETA? See, you got to question that because even when we think about it on, on the scale of good ground again, right, the hardest and the good, the one that's soft, the one that the seed could fall in and take root. When we think about even the thorns choking up, what a lot of people don't, don't know is when they think about thorns, they think about choking like this. What happens actually and what's happening underground is that the thorns are actually expanding and taking up space. And the reason why they are taking up space is because what has happened is, what, ha what has happened is because they've grown so much, they're like leeches. They, they take up all the nutrients and they grow. And, and the, the seed that was planted can't grow because the space is taken up. So they lose space. So when we think about your ETA on those who, have, who don't know God and have not established a relationship with him, you have decided that the things in your life, whether it be sex, whether it be clubs, whether it be TV, whether it be your own time, that stuff serves as a priority over God. That serves as a priority over his seed. So what happens now is your priorities start to choke up. So now there's no space for the seed to grow because your priorities have choked it up. What's your ETA? What is your ETA? And I'm not saying this because I think I'm better than you. A lot of people have this, this, this conversation with, with Christians and they think they can, they can throw this thing. Right now we're not even in church. So you're home by yourself. So you can't even throw the, you know, Christians are, are, are hypocrites kind of thing. Like tonight that's not going to fly. Because tonight you've got to challenge yourself to see exactly where you are at. What's your ETA? Because you've been telling people for years and years and years that you're coming back, you're coming to church but you're still where you said you were five years ago. But you want to you wanna push up and, and talk about you're elevating yourself and you're growing. There's space to grow in God. But when you're outside, it gets choked up by your priorities. You know, and, 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 and as your priorities grow, so does the barometer on, on which you're saying, oh man, I'm not ready yet. Consistently, I'm not ready yet. So you started here and you said, you know what? I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And it extends, extends, extends into the point where it's like, you don't have a ready. And you don't have an ETA. What's your ETA? That's a question we've got to ask. But the thing is that us in the church are no better. Us in the church are no better. You know, it's crazy that the question that I think pastors, ministers, leaders alike are constantly asking. I want you to ask this to your neighbor. While you ask it to yourself, remember, every single word that you hear is for you. You're actively tilling the ground that you are on right now to see where your relationship is. And the question is, why are you not available? Why are you never available? Whether it be Bible study, whether it be coming to church on time, why are you never available? Do you not prioritize the things of God? Why are you never available? You know, a lot of people would come up with so many different excuses on, on, on why they're not available. But, but I, for me, I think it's plain. I think Matthew 16, verse 19 says, and we're going to go there. Matthew 16, verse 19. Matthew 16, verse 19. It says, don't store up treasures, treasures here on earth. 
where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Period. The reason why you are not available is because you're busy storing up treasures in every area. And the, the problem is, and even as Brother Randall uh, referred to it, it's in Matthew 6, and it says, you're too busy serving two masters. I'm going to be playing, and I told you that. I'm hoping that I'm offending you because in, in, in parts of offense, there's conviction, and in conviction, there's change. You have two masters. A lot of times, people, they're, they're, they're too scared to even share things online. Mind you, we're in, the, we're in a time where everything is virtual. When it comes to a scripture, you're too scared to even put a scripture online because of what people will think about you. Will they think I'm too holy? Will they think I, I'm uncool anymore? So now you're at a problem now where it's okay, you're serving man because you want them to look at you, you as cool, but you're asking God to take care of you and, and, and worry about your finances and keep you in the right order. Why are you not available? <laughs> On a scale of ground, the reason why you're not available, and I'm going to be very frank, is because right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I mean the most disrespect because we should know better. You're too busy serving up your seed to Satan. Wow. Right? And the way you do that is this. This is how you start to do it. Right? Your leaders and your pastors and the people around you, you know, they, they ask you, you know what, Kelton, uh, can you come in Bible study or Kelton? Can you lead in Bible study or Kelton? Can you do this or Kelton? Come out to this. And what you do is you actively serve your seed. So imagine God has called you to be a prayer warrior. And he's planted that seed and he drops it on you and he says, you know what? This is for you, Kelton. I want you to, to, to make yourself available for the seed. Drop it in, let it take root, and watch yourself be, become a storm in the prayer realm. But what you do is you use, you use the, 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 the instant cop-out. I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable. So in your uncomfort, you now create a platter for which you, you allow the devil to eat from. Every single time that you allow yourself to say, I'm uncomfortable, the seed drops on this platter. And right when you say you're uncomfortable, you put this up on the platter and Satan says, oh, you don't want it, I'm going to consume it. Because if I allow you to let that seed take root... And allow that, that seed to grow in and become fruitful. There's, there starts to be some things that break down. Because if I allow this seed to get deep enough, through your prayer, you will be able to break things. But you're uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable. No, your comfort. Your comfort now has been the platter for which the devil eats off of. Your comfort. Man, I'm not comfortable. Uh, man, it's not my calling. Not your calling. Who decides that? Because the more that you, you say that it's, it's not your calling, the more the people who, who, who are already in the church and are already doing something are taking on more. And the devil now starts to creep in their back and say, you know what? This person has too much. Let me start to, to, to destroy them with the overweight of taking on too much. Why are you not available? Because see, this is when we start to examine the ground we're on. Your availability matters. A lot of people think that this... this, this this, this, this parable and this weekend is about perfection. God is not even asking you about perfection. He's asking you for availability. Why are you not available? It's because you don't care. I'm going to leave it at that. We don't care enough. Because you prioritize your comfort. So your treasure now is the comfort that you have. And as long as you're comfortable, you don't care about the seed that God has put forward to you. Why are you not available? Or, or are you going to do the, 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 the cop-out again? And this is some, some, some Christian thing, and I'm sorry that we have to do this. But I, like I said, in this disrespect and in this, this, this area of, of of, of making you feel offended, there is conviction, and I hope that it challenges you to change. But watch, watch what Christians do. Watch what we do. And, this is, and I'm going to call you lukewarm because you're, you're, you're in and out. And you have to be aware of these people. And, and, uh, and, I, and I don't want you to look at people. This is for self-evaluation. But what Christians do, what we often like to do is say, it's just the way I am. This is the way I am. So when 
when somebody reaches out, mind you, that leaders, no matter what it is, and I'm, and I'm going to be very frank, a lot of people, they only, they only respect and like leaders based on their preference. Right. So the parameter of what's holy and what's respectable, what's acceptable, is based on what you like. And people don't know that the Bible talks about false prophets going out into the world and, and that will deceive many. And, 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 and the people of us who want itching ears, just because a person has great lyrics, can yell, looks and has the optics, has a great suit, doesn't mean that they are a great leader. But some people will come to you and call you and give you the purpose that, that is, is for you and the seed that is supposed to be for you, but you reject it. And you say, you know what, no, I can't. You know, it's just the way I am. I can't, you know, I'm not into that. I, I can't do this because it's just the way I am. And I'm going to be very frank that your I am is the reason why you have a surface relationship with God. It's the reason why, why, why a lot of us, when God was asking me, when I was asking God, like, man, God, I want to get deeper. He knows it's not on him. It's on me to get deeper. It's, it's on me to actively till the ground. But I'm too caught up with I am. Who I am. See, that's so funny. Even in today, I'm, I'm thinking about today. The world doesn't even know who they are. I went on Instagram, and I'm so confused about what's going on. Maybe somebody can, can, can get this to me after. But I'm seeing on these different social media platforms, he, she, they, him, who, this is who you are. Plurals, all these different things, and I'm and I'm and I'm not I'm not trying to, to disrespect anybody, but you've taken up this space where God is supposed to come with, with the I am. The definition of who you call yourself today, and that's ever changing. And the reason why I'm saying that's a problem is because your barometer of who I am or what you are, what you call to, is based on your experience. On a normal day, you don't even know if you like it hot or cold, but you know. Who I am. It's who I am. Now that, that I am is choking up the things that are for you. Man, imagine, imagine, imagine being called to be a leader. God plants that seed. And it looks like it goes down into good ground. You're excited. You're moving. Right? Everybody sees it. You know, some, some parts and it gets there. But slowly but surely... Your I am starts to creep in and expand and choke out who you're called to be. And in your inhibitions, again, on the scale of the good ground, you serve up your purpose for the devil to eat. Devil, uh, you know what? And you don't, you don't think you have this conversation, but you know what? Devil, here's, here's this purpose that God has called me for him. I can't have it It's because it's not who I am. You can have it. Gladly he consumes your I am. Gladly he consumes your I am. The danger with your I am is also the fact that when it comes to tilling your ground, a lot of times we, we, we ask God, like, God, like, I want you to change me. God, I want you to change me. But the fact is you don't really want God to change you. You want God to change the areas that you want him to change for your benefit. So when it, when it comes to your, your field that you should be tilling, the reason why I can't even come into your field and till, because what will actively happen is, as I try to till, till the whole field, you'll come running and be like, uh, don't touch that area. I, I like this one. Right, right, right. Don't touch this area of the field because this is, this is the one, this is the one that, that I like. And it's the parts of us that, that I, I really start to question. When it talks about the fruits of the Spirit, I'm going to put out one, and, and it's going to be self-control. You're actively tilling the ground, and, and, and God's putting seeds in places to make sure that you have self-control. But you run and say, no, 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 stop. I don't want self-control. What if, what if a girl that I like comes? You know, I, I, the self-control is going to stop me from, from fulfilling my lust. Don't, don't till this area. Or, or, or don't, don't stop this, this anger. I need this right here. Don't till this ground because I, I'm going to need this to, to, the, to defend myself. People, if people try to talk to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cuss them out. I'm going to carry on. You want God to do patchwork on your life. God is not going to come in and do patchwork. You need, 
You know, and, and, and even when we, we speak about the text of having a renewed mind, how can you have a renewed mind with being who I am? So you're saying that who you are ultimately is the goal of where you're going to be because you've established it. And because once you establish it, nobody can touch it, nobody can interfere, but only God, but only in the areas that you want him to till and clean. Why are you not available? Why are you not available? It's because you're prioritizing the I am. You're prioritizing different things that, 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 that don't pertain to relationship you have with God. The reason why you shouldn't store up your treasures on earth because it's, it's all going to fade away. And I, I know I constantly talk about Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest players of all time. The only thing that he left behind him was a legacy and sadness. The money doesn't go with him. His jerseys don't go with him. His cars don't go with him. His wife doesn't go with him. So it doesn't matter what you focus on. You say, you know what? I'm going to get my finances up. That's good. God wants you to have good things, but not in exchange for the seed that he's trying to drop into you to bear fruit. But don't, don't feel ashamed, lukewarm Christians. That I'm, I'm not saying for you to be ashamed because everybody needs to examine their ground that they are on. That even includes us who are super saved. The super saved ones. And I'm, I'm, I'm holding a special spot for us here because even sometimes I'm, I find myself in that realm of being super saved. So the question I want to ask you, those who are super saved, and I know a lot of people think that when it comes to, you know, the young adult ministry even here, I, I think some people believe that this is child's business or child's things. We're not into child play, right? right? They were not into child's thing. Even if you look at what a, a young adult is, check the definition. That's going, the world looks at it onwards up until 35. So we're not, we're not into child's play, right? We're into, we're into serious matters. These people, the people in the young adult ministry are old enough to go to jail. You're old enough to pay your bills. You're old enough to get married, have a child, all that stuff. This is big business. So we're coming for everybody. The question you need to ask, super saved, is do you love enough? Do you love enough? And I know a super saved will be like, you know what? I love enough. Show me. Show me you love enough. See, we don't, we don't love enough. We love, we, we love what we agree with. We love what looks good to us. Right? A lot of people, if they didn't see me weekly in a suit, they wouldn't love me enough because I don't look like what love looks like in their eyes. You know, you want everybody to come in saved. Do you really love enough? My challenge is this, and I'm going to be, 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 be very frank, and I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to talk about something here that, you know, it's kind of an elephant in the room, and it even comes to me. If a, a person who was openly homosexual stepped into this building right now, would you love them? Would you love them enough? I love them enough to watch them every single week come in, sit down with their tendencies, and still come and give them a hug and not give them a snare or a look. Do you love enough? And the reason why I'm asking that is because this comes on the scale of good ground. And it even comes to me, and I'm going to be very clear on my stance. I don't, I don't agree with homosexuality, so homosexuality. I don't think God has called you to live in homosexuality. But what, I, what I'm learning, and even me, I struggle with it. It's one of those things, I don't know if it's because I'm Jamaican, I'm not sure. It's one of those things I struggle with. I don't, I don't, I don't even, even a person who, a male who is not homosexual, I don't even like men touching me too much. I've had to start in my own life, get comfortable with men, you know, even in church giving male hugs. It's not my comfort level. But there are people, and this is the elephant in the room, who struggle with homosexuality that require your love. Because if you didn't know by now, Jesus is not here in the flesh loving on people where they could see the miracles. So the representation of what Christ is and who his love is, is coming from you. Especially those who are veteran in the church. Imagine a, a young homosexual coming into this church and they see an older person give them a snare. 
shouldn't you be experienced to know that life happens and whatever way it turned me, this is, like I, I'm coming here because I need something. But I, I think we forget, and I'm going to go into 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 to 11. And I'm going I'm to read something here. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 to 11. Let's read it together. And, uh, and I want to even point out tonight too, the reason why they were, we're in NLT is because we know that there are some people who are unsaved, some people who are not church, who haven't come to church. It's not because, you know, KJV is not what we read or NKJV, but NLT so everybody can get the clear understanding. I think that's so important. A lot of times we get too caught up into churching things and we don't, we don't make it communic- in a way that, we, that it, it could be communicated to everybody. So 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 says this, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here because a lot of us once reading this, once we hear this, it signals up like, don't you know that they shall not inherit the kingdom of God? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out to you an area that you forgot to, to read, right? Don't you, know that you, that those, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or who commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God, right? Watch this 11 verse now. And this is where we forget. This is where we forget. Because we, we, we read it from 9 to 10 and say, these shall not inherit the ground. We list these people. Let me, let me, let me see the people of list of people who I can rebuke. Who can I look bad at? Who can I... And this is how you actively serve up your purpose to the devil again. Because if they're a homosexual person, God has planted the seed. And you don't know it. Because maybe you're the first one to see them. And that's the seed that God has planted for you to go and interact with that person. But you serve it up to the devil. And you serve them up to the devil by saying, you know what? Let me, let me see if they check my list off of what I consider holy and nice. But we forget what verse 11 says. It says, some of you were once like that. And it doesn't say that some of you were once drunkards only. Because we're like, okay, you know what? Drunkard, I can understand. We can accept him bringing him to church. Some of you were once like that. Everything. Let me go back. Let, you know what? Let's go back to the 9 and 10. I want to see the list again just so we, we get it clear. Verse 9 and 10, right? So it says, those who indulge in sexual sins, so fornicators, those who worship idols, so people who worship idols. So you guys were people who worship idols before. And your idol may be in your car, it may have been your woman. Then it says, those who are prostitutes, those who, who openly sex, uh, sell themselves for sex. So you guys were there. Those who practice homosexuality, so you guys were there too, come back down. And you guys were thieves, and you were greedy, and you were drunkards, and you were abusive, and you cheat. We'll go back to verse 11, we're going to finish it. And this is the, the thing that I love about the word of God. But it's the thing that, that, that has been blocking us for so many years to, to allow the seed that God has been planting or called us to, 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 to cultivate. And it says, but. Man, that, that but is so beautiful. <laughs> no pun intended. I don't want anybody to take a joke with it. But that but is so beautiful. But you were cleansed. Amen. You were made holy. Amen. You were made right. With God, by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Spirit of God. You were like that. And somebody at, at some point accepted you and helped you. But at this point in your life, you are too saved to love them. Do you love enough? So now, anybody who doesn't have a, a dress that's long enough is not considered worth your time because you don't love enough. You don't love enough. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read this because this is, this is something that, that really points out to me. We get into this holier-than-thou race. And the reason why I'm challenging this because your, your relationship when it comes to terms of ground is your relationship is really surfacy. And we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1. And I know somebody, you know, let, you know, I, I'm going to challenge you. you know, sign off so I know that I'm preaching good. I know that I'm going to offend some people with this next one. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, oh, 
but don't love others, I would be only but a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. <laughs> In church, those who are not church and those who don't know, we have this holier-than-thou race going on, and I'm not sure where it started, but I, I see it all the time. Every time we greet each other, we get in this holier-than-thou race. You know, sometimes when I get into spaces with other Christians, I don't even know how to greet them properly because we always have to use this old tongue talk, and I'm not sure where it came from. How art thou, God, bless thee under... We can't greet each other normally because the race for holiness is more important than just establishing good relationships. Even in the verse, it speaks about something that we've elevated so much more than anything that is anywhere in the church of God. And I'm not discrediting it at any point. But what, what, what we've elevated so much is the gift of tongues. We, we've elevated it. And the Apostle Paul, even in this, and this Apostle Paul is speaking it, we have this race of, of, of who's holier than thou and who's, who's better than those and, and who we interact with. They have to be holy people. And you've elevated yourself. We have this race where we've elevated ourselves. You know, I can, I can, I can speak greater tongues than you. My tongues is greater than your tongues. And we don't, we don't openly do it. But any single time that there, we don't hear a rabbo in a preaching, it's not acceptable anymore. It's not acceptable anymore. Right? So what you, what, you, what you do is you now choke up opportunities and the seed that is supposed to be spread because it doesn't look how you like it to look. I've had challenges that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go personal. If the person is watching, I apologize for, for opening this story. I went to a church and I, and I, and I, I gave a sermon. And you know, it was, it was, it was first on, it was starting on my journey when I, when, I, when I really started to establish the way I would communicate God's word. And it actually came from my little brother. I remember we went to uh, a convention of, one, of some kind, and the, the, the preacher was communicating. And mind you, it was a great sermon. It was a great sermon, but it was a great sermon for church people. So what was happening in the sermon is the, the speaker was breathing. <gasps> And I'm not, I'm not coming to diss anybody. But when I asked my little brother what he got from the sermon, he said it was kind of hard to, it was kind of hard to, to get. It's kind of hard to understand. You know, I, could, I couldn't really get anything. So it started my journey of, of how I communicate the word of God because I found it so important to make sure that the people could hear what I was saying. That whatever God had laid on my heart could be communicated properly. So I went to this church and I, and, I, and I gave this word. After the word, somebody came to me and, they, and, they, and they, were, they were basically giving a testimony on how the word touched them. And it was the word that they needed for their life. And they're, they're glad that I came. You know, they, they, they really thought that God spoke to me for them. And it was there, I'm like, you know what, glory to God. Because I'm, st I'm still struggling with this. I'm, I'm, I grew up in an older church and, you know, the, the essential style is you've got to be louder. and You've got to yell and you've got to run. And a woman came to me. And she said, good sermon, but it needed more power. So I asked her, what does power look like? And she said, you know what, you need a little more. I asked her, what did you get from the sermon? You know, so what it talked to me and told me is that you weren't really listening. You're watching for the entertainment and the show. So what, a, what happens a lot of times is we start to kill things. We start to choke up things with our priorities on what things look like and what it should look like. How are you expected to, to allow the things to grow that God has called in you when you prioritize what you see, what you hear? And it's, it's like Jesus said in, 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 in the, when he was speaking with an intimate conversation to his apostles because he said, they see but they don't see. They listen, they're, they're hearing but they don't really hear. And the reason why I'm challenging you this is because you need to see past what you're, this normal that you're used to. God is, 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 is requesting to actively use you to love people past what you're used to. He's calling me to love people past what I'm used to. Me, I'm still adjusting to some of the things that are happening in the world. Even this, this live stream where we don't have people. Man, it's a struggle. 
Because I love to worship. I love to be around people. And mind you, listen to me. I'm not trying to shun any, any forms of expressions of worship, speaking in tongues, any of that. I believe in all of it. But I don't believe in prioritizing it over maybe a person coming in that you think that, you know what, they don't look like, like how I, I want it to be. Or maybe a person who God has called to drop a seed on your life. But because they didn't start their prayer with a robo, right. that prayer wasn't acceptable to you. The Bible even said even out of the mouth of babes. That means that out of the mouth of the people you would least expect it out of. Right. God could drop a seed for you. But you're not at the place because, you know, you don't love enough to just see past that. When you love properly, you can see past that. And that's where God really talks to us in that intimate conversation. He's like, we need to see past what we can see. Because even though you, you may not think it and understand it, the person that is coming here, even though it looks like, you know, that they're, they're being flamboyant and carrying on, whatever, that could be their cry for help. But past your love, Past the long dress, past the, the, the easy form. Man, I'm going to be very plain. Church people want perfected people. It's better on the business aspect of church. We can count on their tithes. We can count on, on, on them coming every single week and filling up the seats and looking good. When you, when you take a church picture and everybody comes on, aesthetically it's nice, it's pleasing. They're easy to talk to. right? You put them in a Bible study class. And they're going to easily receive the word. They're easily convert, right? But the ones that God has called us to, the ones that he's been planting seeds in, the reason why a lot of times, and I really believe this, he says, you know, the, 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 the harvest plenty, the laborers are few, is because I think some, sometimes we don't even really want to work. Because the wheat that we're looking at is, is not the wheat that we, we, we want to pluck up. We were like, mm, I don't want to grab this one. It doesn't look good for me. Um, uh, this one looks too heavy. Do you love enough? Because actively right now, God is consistently throwing a seed. He's like, I want prayer warriors. I w- I'm sending these people to work on this person. But actively through and through, we serve our purpose. We serve the seed up on a platter. And we give it up to Satan and say, I don't want it. You can have this unsaved person. I don't want them. I want the one that looked good. I want the one that's in the suit. The one that's easy to, to mold and make. You know, the one that's really already churched. Those are the ones I love. But the question is, how can this be good ground? How can it be good ground? How can not loving the people that God sent into his church be good ground? Because with your look and your, your, your image of what perfection is, you've choked up the seed that God has planted in you. Maybe he's called you to be evangelist. There's some people who have the title of evangelist. And he's called you for that. He's purposed you for it. But because of your ideals of what perfection, look, of what people that, that should be saved look like, your purpose is choked up. You can't interact with people because it's choked up. And I'm not saying this because I'm perfect. I'm, I'm young. A lot of people who may be even watching watch me grow up. It's not because I think that I'm perfect. I asked God to, 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 to show me how I can get deeper, and he started to show me myself. You've got to look at you because I've been consistent. I'm the sower. I've been consistently sowing, and I've been consistently throwing the seed. But the indifference is the ground. It's us. If you go to this church, you, you've, you've seen a common theme amongst, amongst a lot of the sermons that I've been doing. And it, 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 you know, a lot of people are into the getting excited. I think we need to change our heart. I think God is actively calling me to change my heart. Brother Randall taught so well and, 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 and just explaining what this parable means so that you don't have to look back at it again, but what you need to do, and we did that intentionally, teach the parable so that you don't have to think about when we're, we're, we're talking about these references. But what's actively happening is that you are actively killing the seed that God is putting in you. You are actively killing the seed. And whether the seed, and, and, and just for explanation purpose, whether the seed is a relationship with him, whether it's your purpose, whether it's your calling, whether it's prayer ministry, whether it's a marriage, whatever it is, you are actively killing it. You are actively killing it. And you're killing it by not giving yourself an ETM when you're going to come to God because now the devil eats it up. You've been killing it with your comfort. 
staying in the areas of comfort because I am comfortable here. I don't want to do anything else. Hey, bro, can you, can, you, can you pray for us? I am comfortable right here. I don't want to pray. I want to stay in this corner. I don't care if God called me to be any kind of prayer warrior. I am comfortable here. Or if somebody comes in the church and God has called you as an evangelist to cultivate and bring the, the people to the church. And God has called you to fill up churches. But every single time a person comes in, you, you give them the holy check. Like, mm, shoes dirty, pants have holes, hair's not cut. You look like you were sniffing cocaine. Uh, no, her chest is showing. I can't. I can't work with this, God. No, I can't work with this. So now everybody doesn't meet the barometer of which you made. But God was there for you. So you're holier than thou. And your, your false love literally serves the purpose that God has called you for to the devil on a platter. And if not, then it makes the relationship with you and God surfacey. That's why even when the Bible talks about Jesus at the end of time, people coming and saying, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? All these different things. And God is like, I didn't even, I don't know you. Right. Me and you never had a relationship. It's because you, you didn't love enough. And you, you created your own faith based on what you felt, based on your own insecurities, based on your own inhibitions. And it's in some ways, in some forms, you choked out the thing that God has purposed you for. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to start wrapping up, but I want to I read this closing scripture. And the reason I'm, I'm reading this is that a lot of times when we, we, we go into this, if you can bring up uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17, uh, AV. Shout out to the AV team as well. They're doing such an amazing job uh, throughout the day so far. But the reason why I'm saying this is that we have to have an understanding that we have to keep ourselves in check because there's, there's so many things that God has called us for and you've been literally serving it up. You've killing it. Watch it. When you, when you listen about the parable of the sower, the constant thing is from the footpath to getting choked up is that the seed is killed. So we are actively killing the seeds that God has placed in us. So this is what I want to read this uh, the, just so we get this and we have an understanding of what the weekend is or even understanding of what, what church is and, and how we should approach um, our faith and our relationship. I know a lot of times people feel like, man, like why every single time I, I come to church I feel bad about myself. That's, maybe that's not you feeling bad. Maybe that's the conviction that you need to change your ways. It's not because the church hates you. It's not because God loves you. The, the reason why you're even listening to this, this stream is not because I've called you. Even if I, I've sent it to you, if you've seen it by me or any of our team, you were intended to see it. And there's something in your life that needs to be currently tilled. Amen. Your ground needs to be tilled in some way, shape, or form. And the reason why I'm reading this text, too, is the fact that some people don't feel that it needs to be tilled. They feel automatically. That's the worst place. Uh, you know, Brother Jamal, he let out, or Mathurin, he let out our devotion, him and his wife. They did, the Robinson did such an amazing job during the, the, the uh, Thursday and Friday devotions in 7 a.m. We woke up and made the sacrifice. We were having a conversation, and he's like, you know what the scariest thing, Kelton? And he said, some people automatically believe that they're on good ground. Imagine that. Some of us believe that we are automatically on good ground. And that's a scary point. Let's read this. Second Timothy, let's get verse 16 up. Second Timothy verses 16 first, and we'll go to verse 17. And it said, all scripture, that means the whole Bible, is inspired by God. And it's useful for teaching. Teaching means you learn. To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us what to do right. Verse 17 now. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every work. Everything. That means deal with the homosexuals. The only reason why, and mind you, there's so many, there's a plethora of things that I haven't covered. Like I said, I can't till every single ground. You won't give me access to that. So you have to actively look at your life and see where it fits in. Fit, fill in the blank of where it is because it may not be homosexuality. It may be something else. Maybe you don't like haircuts. Maybe you don't like the sister that comes in with pink hair. 
But the word of God, even this weekend, even these parables, they're, they're used to build, to correct, to reproof, to make sure that you're ready to do the work of God, to make sure that you're ready to be good ground. Right now, I want to call every single person who's online today. I know that there's, there's so many challenges with this. Because most importantly, you have your comfort level that you, you're, you're actively trying to break. And it's telling you, you know, I don't want to listen to this word. I don't want to listen to this whole weekend because I don't want to be challenged. I'm okay in comfort. Your comfort is becoming the platter from which the devil eats from. He's eating up, he is eating up your purpose. He's eating the thing you were called for. He's eating it up and he's enjoying it because as long as you don't have it, he is happy. So I'm calling every single person, whether you are unsaved and you don't know God, he's calling you. There's not, it's not a coincidence that he wants you to give him a time to come back. Because this, 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 this length of time, is, it's too long now. You don't care anymore. And you're farther and farther away from being at the point where you're good ground, where you're able to, 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 to produce fruit. This is really about producing fruit. What comes out of you? And we're not, we're not at that place Mind you, I said that I, 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 I'm not doing this because I, I, I dislike anybody. I love you enough to tell you what I'm examining within myself. And I, and I believe that God in, had intention for this weekend because there are people that need to change their ways. I actively need to change my ways. You know, the devil will keep you in lust. He will, he will let you believe that everything you're doing is okay until you lust yourself to the gates of hell. Everything is not okay. Everything, you, you, you're, you're not on good ground right now. If you're still watching this and you're looking at me, you're not on good ground right now. I'm not on good ground right now. There are areas. That's why when, when, when God, I ask God that I want to be deeper, he showed me myself that I need to be examined. So if you heard this message and there's something that, 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 that you're struggling with, mind you that this word was called a time to till because we're actively breaking up our folly ground even in preparation for tomorrow, Minister Metro, I know that he has, he has something great prepared tomorrow. And Bishop Sean, and even our worship leader, Trey Dahani, who's coming tomorrow. But if there's something that you're actively struggling with, we're going to go down in prayer. Right now, even if you have to go to your room and the, your heart has been broken by this, knowing that you need to check yourself, that's okay. We're going to go down in prayer. I know that there's a lot of things that the devil, the, the devil will try to, to bring before you, to distract you and pull you away. But I also know that the God is, is actively working on you. I know that God is actively working on you. So just bow our heads in prayer. Go on your knees. Do whatever you have to do to get comfortable to the place. Because tonight is a time to till. Even as, as you leave this place and you, you examine yourself in, in preparation for tomorrow's service, you're actively tilling the ground and breaking it in preparation to be good ground. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father, not in heaven, holy is your name. Lord God, you know that I am so far from perfection. But even before the beginning of time, you have prepared this day to make sure that I bring this word based on the self-evaluation within myself. That your people need to actively till the ground that they are on. We know that there are struggles within your people. We know that there are people who are listening right now who are not saved and they've continually extended the time when they're going to be away from you. Saying that, you know, I'm going to be here soon. I beg and ask you to break those hearts. Till that ground. Till the ground, God. Because they need to come back to you before it's too late and you say, depart from me, I know you not. We know that actively there are people within the young adult ministry, within our church, within Churches across Ontario that have continually said that I'm okay with being comfortable. And this is who I am. And have rejected the very purpose you have called from, for the, them for. By sitting and staying in their purpose. I beg and ask you to till that ground tonight, God. Even as they sleep, till that ground. So that even as, as we, we get away from this weekend and they leave this weekend, they're prepared to do the work that you've called them for. You planted a seed. Let that seed grow. And not be killed and choked out with their comfort. And God, even those who of us who have been in the church for years and years and years. The harvest is plenty, God. 
But a lot of us are not looking to do the work because we don't like the way the wheat looks. We don't like the way it looks. I beg and ask you to break our hearts too. Because even sometimes when we've gone to church so long, we forget that there are people out there that require your love. Requiring the love that you've shown us on a continually, to a continuous basis that we don't extend to others because we want to keep it for ourselves. Till that ground. God, our, your people are so far from good ground. But it's stuff that we've put in there. We've established the hard ground. We established surface relationships. We've put the things in the ground to choke up what you've called us for. But as we are right here, right now, Lord God, we're begging, asking that you till our ground. Till my ground. So that I am prepared to receive what you've called me for. And as the parable speaks, as the text speaks in Matthew, that I will produce 30, 60, and 100. And the people that are seeing, they are able to give you glory because the things that come out of your people after tilling their tilling their, their ground and getting to good ground and uh, receiving the seed, the fruits that they will bear. When people see them, they will be able to give you glory like no other. God, we know you have a plan for this weekend. We beg and ask you that your plan be fulfilled. No matter what the devil has against us, no matter what the devil tries to block, no matter what the devil tries to do, your plan comes through. We thank you for your love, God. We thank you for everything that you're continually doing. We, we, we beg and ask you to continue the work, even as they sleep. We know that there's nothing too hard from you, God, for you, God. We beg and ask you to just continue to work in your people. God, if there's anything that I've failed to ask due to maybe my, the, where my head is at right now, Lord God, we beg and ask you to fail not to grant it. We thank you again for your love. We get, thank you again for your son. We thank you again for everything as we say thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you are blessed by this word. We know, I know that it wasn't, uh, you know, the word and the excitement, but this summit and we, in, in our, I think our, our thing, um, our, our team, we're constantly going to look to challenge the things that, the issues that are, are, are plaguing the church. Right? We're young and active. We're ready to, to, to challenge the things that are plaguing the church. So we, we ask that you continually do the work in your side. We know that God has a blessing for you tomorrow. We beg and ask you to, to get ready for that. I want to thank um, Brother Randall for the amazing teaching that he did uh, earlier today. It was such a great job, and the, and the ladies for doing the testimonies. We just ask that you come back tomorrow. We are going to have a good ground after party where we're going to get people to kind of watch, give their, their thoughts about the summit and things like that so everybody can come in and chime in and give a testimony. We hope God breaks the hearts of people so that they are ready and prepared for the good ground. So, again, we thank you for coming here tonight. We hope that you are here Bright and early tomorrow morning, 11.30 a.m. for day two of the summit. Thank you and good night.